welcome to the Fantasy Basketball Podcast with not quite a layman, not quite an expert, Pod Tom. Hey, this is the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. A uh, little bit of a different look. Um, you're going to be hearing from JB and Christian, and what they're going to be doing today is giving you looks at the next round table. So for the next round table, which I'd like to do right around the all-star break, early February, is have everyone answer these questions, but I want you to start thinking about it. Uh, Chuck, why don't you give us that recap? Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your favorite radio host, Chuck, 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 Chuck Anderson, a.k.a. DJ Trade Machine, reporting live from Chicago at 7.52 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 8.52 Eastern Standard Time and 5.52 Pacific Standard Time for friends on the West Coast. And if anybody's listening from Colorado, it's 6.52 p.m. Mountain Time. Anybody in that neck of the woods having a good time listening to this, thanks for joining in. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the weather. It is fucking cold. All right, time to do the scores from the past week. We're going to go ahead and do a nice big recap here. I beat Dan by nine points and that's all I can think about alright you guys have a good one hey it's your boy the points for troubadour hey the commish let's go pod season MVP season I gotta say, guys, looking for a little bit more from the league as a whole. Kyle raised the bar. Where the rest of you at? Let's go. Hey, Tom, put me in the game to tell you my personal all-NBA teams so far this year. So let's take a look. In case you didn't know, the All-NBA selections are two guards, two forwards, and one center. There's three teams of five. Here's who I have. It's harder than you think. I've spent exactly 13 minutes researching this. I suggest you do it too. Okay. First team All-NBA, James Harden, can't question it. Steph Curry, miss a little time with injury. I know, I know. I still think for the all-NBA team, he's the best at the position this year. Next, forwards. Got LeBron, got Giannis. It is what it is. It's a beautiful thing. Finally, to round out first team, and I struggled with this one, I went with Anthony Davis over Jokic. But I think that there's an argument to be made. Nonetheless, it's my list, bitch. Make your own. Team two, I have Dame Lillard and Kyrie Irving as the guards. I have Kawhi Leonard for the first place Raptors as a forward. Then the next one I struggled with, do I go with KD or PG? At the end of the day, I think it's very close. I went with KD. It hurt me. What if this curses my squad? This is bad fantasy karma. All right, it'll be fine. Kawhi KD and then Jokic team two finally team three it starts to get a little bit weird but here's how it shook out for your boy I went with Oladipo over Russ just because I'm playing JB this week suck it 
No, just kidding. Russ is having an off year for him, and uh, the shine is kind of off some of the triple-double numbers, and he's shooting terribly. And I don't know. He's kind of taking some shots away from PG. So I went with Oladipo. And then DeMar DeRozan, uh, finally third team, wraps up with Paul George, Blake Griffin, and Joel Embiid. Those are my all-NBA teams. Quick review. Team one, Harden Curry, LeBron Giannis, AD. Team two, Kyrie, Dame, Kawhi, Durant, and Jokic. Team three, Oladipo, DeMar, Paul George, Blake Griffin, Joel Embiid. All right, everybody. Let's go. MVP season. Step your game up. What's up, guys? JB here, uh, the king of the toilet bowl. Um, Let's see. Tom asked for predictions for starters in the All-Star game. Uh, I'm going to get the big one that I think is going to happen right out of the way first. The rest will make whatever sense. Um, I think the NBA is going to start Dwayne Wade in the All-Star game. I think it makes ugh, basketball sense, but he they want to they got to have like a swan song story or a retirement thing and a what what Dwayne what you've meant to the NBA over all of these years. Um there's going to be tears with LeBron. They might even do a, a ceremonial jump ball thing just so Dwayne can win it at the start of the game. The whole thing is going to be cameras following him around. Um, it's going to make all of us kind of hardcore fans a little queasy, but uh, the NBA is always its the one thing that kind of drives me crazy uh, once in a while. They do these kind of things, and uh, they're always just totally over the top with it. So that's my prediction. Dwayne Wade's going to start at guard in the East alongside Kyrie Irving. The front court for the East, I think, is going to be Giannis, Kawhi, and Joel Embiid. In the West, I think Harden and Curry in the backcourt, and I think LeBron, KD, and Anthony Davis up front. I don't think they can handle Luka um, starting in the West front court or any other kind of you know bonkers front court starter or guard starter in the West or the East with the Dwayne Wade situation. But that's my prediction. Dwayne Wade for the win. This call is now yeah. being recorded. We man. Well, uh, hey, I got uh, Chuck Anderson, a.k.a. the Trade Machine, on the line. I uh, want to say hello, Chuck. How you doing? Hello. Hey, I'm good. Just uh, taking in this Clint Capella news at the moment. Feel like uh, I feel like it's kind of sends shockwaves through uh, not only the NBA, of course, and the Rockets, but our league. With uh, oh, Andy. totally. It's kind of uh, this yeah. news just broke like half an hour ago, and I was like, wow, that's like Andy's probably what second best guy, and that's a big deal. So, yeah. Interesting. If I'm Christian, yeah. I'm cl- I'm pretty happy right now. Yeah, Christian is uh, trending trending quite upward. Yeah, I saw I think him. So. I'm glad I played him already because I beat him. <laughs> so I'm glad I got that out of the way. You know, I saw him on Saturday. We were hanging out at on Michigan Street for a while, and we were talking about the league. There were five of us there. I think we sent a picture out with it. But I definitely think his team is like the one to beat and he's got cousins coming back this week yeah it's yeah. not even a question yeah um but speaking of you know what's scary you, really quick you know what's scary about his team is i mean he could have any number of like studs go down and i mean he's still got enough guts where like i mean shit you know take cousins off his ir and swap you know I'm even looking who he can even drop right now. I mean, Jamichael Green, he's got two guys, and then I guess Zurich 
or uh, Justice Winslow, I guess. Man, yeah, I mean, he's really on that cusp of like, you know, really dicey on who you drop. So yeah, I mean, he he's just got like a. When I look at it, I actually think of it like this: if you just showed all the rosters in the league to, you know, a fairly savvy NBA fan and said, like, who do you think is in first place? 100% of people would look at Christian's team and go, there's no question in my mind that this guy, unless he's just had some, like, horrible bad beats, is not first place. There's just no way. And I just, yeah, so um, definitely, yeah, definitely definitely not interested in uh, in having to play his team again anytime soon. <laughs> I got lucky because well, I played him while Curry was hurt. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely good because he, especially with having Cousins on the IR, that just limited him. Yeah. Um but so I think that you know, looking. I mean, you've done a great job, or should I say, your alter ego has done a great job of doing the updates mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. the pod this year. So, <laughs> like, typically I would do that. Like last year, I did that for a while. So, I'd, like, look at all the stuff more than I have this year. Um, but what has been, I think, true of the league for like six years in a row is that the the league winner is typically pretty high up in uh, most moves. Like, that's kind of the second indication. It's like whoever's moving a lot. But I think that this year with how the NBA did the schedule, doing it like two weeks early, no back-to-backs, some teams like this week I'm playing stacks and Beal has one game. Um, I think that, like, the moves don't matter as much this this year because the, the games are so much more spread out. Like... I think there's a I lot don't know. Of, you know I, 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 yes, when you look at like, I mean, Andy and I are tied for first with most moves at 89. Christian in first place. And I mean, it's just kind of a, it's sort of a, just an interesting kind of dichotomy because like I'm in 11th technically and like uh, tied, you know, with uh, Ian and then Andy's in second tied with Christian and Andy and myself at the, kind of opposite ends of the standing spectrum are leading with most moves. Christian and, uh, you know, the 1A and, and kind of 12, 12A, you know, Christian and Dewey are at the bottom. So it's like, to me, right. I don't think it's about, like, I do think moves are important, but I think more than ever it's which moves you make. And I also think that Dewey could have won right. his matches here if he had been more aggressive this week, could have beat Adam if he had just utilized those three moves. You just got to pick guys who have, you know, you got to make the most of them. You got to pick up guys who play back to back so you can preserve a move. And just even if it's like a mid mid tier guy, like I had DJ Augustine Saturday and Sunday. Did I want to have him on my team? No, but I don't really care who it is. Fact is, a body on the court is more points than no points, and I'm willing to drop someone to just get that extra ten, fifteen, twenty points. I ended up winning by nine, and it met all the difference. Basically, like saved my I feel like if I lost this week my season was over against Dan and I feel like it salvaged it so I think that the season schedules being spread out definitely has an impact but I still think that like you gotta you gotta use them all you gotta use them all you gotta make trades and like have more you know gotta get that schedule advantage in especially if you're playing someone with higher quality players there's just no two ways about it oh and you're you're making a great a great point obviously the quality of pickup for sure but I'm saying that like it's and I think you sort of with the examples you gave is we got like the top end and bottom end of the standings this year are like tied in the moves and that hasn't been the case for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the past couple of years. I think ESPN destroyed all our 
specific league history stuff, but um, actually, wait, let's see, can I click on 18? Yeah, no, that's not showing like the accurate because that's yeah, I'm looking at 2018, and I think that just shows for playoffs. So, anyways, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting, but I do think that uh, at the end of the day, moves are an indication of like how aggressive um, or good like a team is being. So like Dewey is dead last in moves. He also is dead last in the standings. I think there's a correlation because I don't think he's maximized his rosters. Whereas Christian is 70, you know, has used 74 moves, second to last. But he doesn't need to use them as many because his team is just so good. So, like, for me, I've had to, I'm have had i at the top because I've had to work harder because I kind of feel like I fucked up in the draft and then I traded and kind of, like, blew up my team so early that I had to yeah. kind of do things the hard way. Whereas Andy has made a lot of moves, but his team is really good, so he's just kind of, like, moving pieces around. So, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty, fa- it's pretty fascinating, but certainly I think there's a correlation to, like, how aggressive you want to get if you don't have a team that's as blessed <laughs> as Christians um, quality-wise, then, yeah, there's just... Well, I yeah, think gotta... Dewey is also an example of, like, he he for sure, he could have two, maybe three more wins if he would have used a couple mm-hmm. moves. And that's kind of yeah. his classic thing is he just doesn't like to do that for some reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm speaking to his basic opposite. So mm-hmm. I I'm wanted to talk to you a little bit today because... You, last year, you were the the champ and the MVP. I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't, you couldn't really be any higher, right? You, both things in the same year. Mm-hmm. That, that like, doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So yeah. You went from being the champ last year, the MVP last year, to being on the bottom, and I was just kind of wondering, how does how does that feel? Well, you know, being on the bottom is really a state of mind, so I still consider myself at the very top, even above Christian, frankly. So. Okay. State of mind. You consider you consider yourself. <laughs> All right, no, but for real. All right, I'll drop. Uh, I'll, I'll dr- no, I'll drop. I'll only drop the act. Um, no, it's been. Uh, it's it's definitely been um, weird because like this is you know this league's what seven eight years running and. I've never missed the playoffs. I've come, you know, I've I've just always finished at or near the top. I've and I've just had a lot of success. And I directly attribute um, where I find myself this year to uh, abandoning my my strategy in the draft. I I let too many guys that I was really high on slip because I just was being too conservative. And next thing I knew, I found myself with a bunch of money in the draft. But, like, only so many guys left, and then I just blew half my budget on Giannis. And, frankly, I feel like I don't know where I'd be today if I had just kept that core of Giannis and Capella and McCollum and all those guys and stuff. And But, I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, you got to – so many moves happen, like, on waivers, like, right after – like the week following the draft, like I just, you got to like spread it out amongst like mid to upper level guys with like one stud in there. Cause then I didn't do that. And then I got like crazy with the trades and kind of like found myself, like I said, I think the biggest thing I realized is like, I've always worked hard and like tried to do kind of the crazy Sunday trade stuff and all that. But this year it's just, I haven't had an option. If I want to be competitive and like keep having fun, I basically have to pull myself out of the hole I've dug myself into um, but like, I am so competitive when it comes to playing games, not with actual like physical sports stuff. I get competitive with that, but 
when it comes to playing games and like doing fantasy stuff, like I just, I think I like it so much because I, I just like, I don't know. I just get really competitive when it gets underway and, and all the stuff that comes with fantasy and like the socializing of it in our thread and all that stuff. So I haven't had any less fun. Um, but certainly losing five weeks in a row, which I just did until I finally beat JB and then beat Dan, um, like, and, you know, strung two wins together. I felt like, okay, got a little bit of momentum going here. Um, but yeah, it definitely sucks. Like it definitely sucks to go from, uh, you know, like the highest high last year to like shit, like, you know, but I feel like I supplement it by, you know, trying to be memorable for other reasons and <laughs> distract people. Right. By, uh, right. Well, I, I mean, I thought the alter egos and, you know, cause I, I think that I too fucked up the draft and, uh, you know, you and I were involved in a, in a pretty big swap and I still, I mean, like, I don't think I'm even that good of one to speak because if I really analyze my movement, I, I've sucked at fantasy sports this year. Um, which is okay. Uh, I'm still going to, like, fight for that playoff spot. Um, but I think that one way you've been kind of a kind of an inspiration to me, especially in your rebranding <laughs> to the trade machine, is yeah. I was feeling a little bit bad about it, but I feel like you fully embraced it. You made a fun, yeah. like, fun trade machine. Uh, you, you know, you, I think you did something like a trade for five days in a row or five in a week or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. What yeah. I was wondering is, once you admitted you were at the bottom, you rebranded to the trade machine, and mm-hmm. was it hard for you to accept that? What What inspired the rebrand? Well, the rebrand inspired itself because I traded Kemba and I couldn't be Kemba Duramba anymore. So I'm like, okay, now I have to rebrand. I don't want to brand around KD, and then I've got a bunch of kind of like role player guys. I just can't believe what I've been able to do with some of these trades and like flipping certain guys. So like trading Chris Dunn and Tyler Johnson to Andy uh, for um, Kyle Lowry. And I didn't play Kyle Lowry a single game, and I flipped him to stacks for Sabonis and Richardson. So, like, I essentially got Sabonis and Richardson hmm. for Tyler for uh, Tyler Johnson and Chris Dunn. Tyler Johnson's on waivers, and Chris Dunn is, you know, he's fine. Um, right. And I tr- traded uh, Tobias to Ian for Willie Cauley-Stein and Lou Williams, which I think Tobias is a bigger name. But you just look at the numbers, man. Like, my thing now is just, like, take the name out of it altogether. Is someone producing? Yes, great. Like, then that's literally all I care about. And I have zero loyalty to anything besides numbers. Like, I already traded Willie Cauley-Stein for Draymond the other day, and that is literally the only reason I beat Dan, because I did that. You just can't hang on. You just you can't. Like, I don't have, when you, I can't afford it. I want to uh, ask you about the numbers here because when, when you're looking at them, I'm guessing you look at the year 30, 15, and 7. Is that true? When I look at averages? Yeah. So when you're saying you're loyal to nothing but the numbers, like, how do you prioritize 7, 15, 30 in the year? I don't look at the year. I don't even. I don't look at it. I look at, like, it means nothing to me because I just think it tells, like, a different, I think it tells a story about, like, the narrative of, like, the player in the NBA more than, like, the, the sort of way that things are moving. Um, there. I look at last seven when picking up guys off waivers um, just to see, like, especially if I just need, like, a plug-in, like, who's hot right now. 15 is, like, my trade um, 
baseline. Like I, that's what I, I use. I look at last 15 almost always for trades or 30. Um, but I don't even always base it on averages. Like I traded Willie Cauley Stein for Draymond and Willie Cauley Stein's much better than him right now, but I just, I, I look at the schedule grid, rest of the season schedule grid, you know, and then I'll look like the next five weeks, like, okay, you know, this guy's got three games, two games, th- two games, three games. This guy's got four, four, you know, like there's value in schedule. Um, right. There's value sure. in minutes. Like Lou Williams comes off the bench, but like you wouldn't know it by his numbers. Like he's, he's awesome. So like, didn't I he just, win sixth man of the year last year? Yeah, and he's probably going to win it again this year, frankly. I think he should at least. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. Some, and then it's just sort of a gut feel, like, you know. I mean, so, I don't know. And then sometimes there's nothing other than who's the best available guy. I need to use my moves. One thing I really realized this year, too, is, like, you can't wait till the end of the week to try and, like, stack your lineup and, like, use those last-minute moves. Like, it doesn't matter when your guys play. It's that they play. Like at all. So if I've got a crappy early week schedule, I got to use up those moves early on. Because if I have a full slate Sunday, like what is, if I've used five of seven, like that's pretty pointless. So I've tried to be like super smart and efficient for the last couple weeks about like how and when I use moves and just simply getting as many bodies on the court as possible to try and overwhelm my opponent because I don't think I can overwhelm them with my quality of players at least. I don't think I could have. I think right now I, I can. My team is pretty solid right now. I'm almost at 1,300 against Dan, so I feel pretty good about that. But, like, in those stretches where you're not having a great week, you just got to overwhelm with quantity. There's just – you cannot stay loyal to anybody. Cough Luka Doncic. Um, <clears throat> but, you know. Yeah. It's all – Oh, boy. Luka. <laughs> you got to let go, man. I learned how to do it when I traded Jokic. Like, that was really – that was like my big, I can't be loyal anymore. It's a game. Let him go. And if it's meant to be, they'll come back. So I'm sure I'll have Jokic again someday. But Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I did float, uh, I floated Giannis out there to JB. He didn't, uh, he wasn't too interested. And then. That's because JB is the, yeah, he's, he's a brick wall with trades. There's no way that he, <laughs> right. I don't know what you could have offered him, but he should have taken it. That's my opinion. Yeah, JB was like, oh wait, trade? Uh, sorry, I don't do that. And then, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm have, uh, as you and I are, are speaking on the phone, Sean is trying to get Luca from me, uh, texting back and forth. I guess he's dealing with a situation, uh, in his professional life and then trying to get Luca in his fantasy life. So I guess we'll see if it works. I've thrown a couple things out there, but by the time people hear this convo, I may no longer have Luca. Wow. Well, I'm well, proud of you. Thanks. Thanks. And I've been desperately trying to get rid of Chris Paul, I, and then my whole team will be gone. Yeah. You got, you got, that's the other thing, too. You just got to, like, chill, you know, trying to get rid of a guy like that because his value is never going to be lower right now. So you just got to wait for him back. Hopefully he puts up one good game and then, like, try and split while he's, like, suddenly hot again. Like, you just, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was the only reason I was able to get Lowry when I did because he was kind of, in a bad spot and Andy needed the guys. So then I flipped him as soon as he was going to come back to a team that I also think with trades, by the way, I like how sort of technical and, and uh, in the weeds we're getting in terms of like fantasy strategy stuff. Cause like, frankly, I think that's what we do, but we don't talk about it a lot. And I, I just, I enjoy the sort of like game theory slash like numbers side of it all. And I just find it the game within the game, but like, 
I, I even consider who I'm trading with. Like, if I have a guy that I don't want to drop, like trading is essentially making a move, a waiver move without actually using your, you know, your, one of your moves for the week. And like, if there's a guy I'm like right on the fence with, before I drop him, like, JB just dropped Tim Hardaway. Like, I would rather go try and find a suitor for Tim Hardaway and get like a better quality guy from their team than someone off waivers first. Then just drop them, and then I think about who am I trading to, and I prefer to trade to teams I see as like lesser opponents, <laughs> frankly, because I'd rather like a decent guy wallow away on a You're team that I'm not afraid of. Insult, but whatever. <laughs> well, actually, that's not the case with you. I was just feeling like I had all my eggs in the Giannis basket. That's not the case all the time, but I certainly right. consider it depending on the situation. I think if I'm going to trade this guy, like. I'm not, like I'm not like I can't be responsible for trading uh, Giannis to Ian, for example, if he's not going to give up Embiid. Like I can't be responsible right. for creating an Embiid Giannis monster in the league. I won't. I'm just not going to do that. So I feel like it's got to go to someone who it's not going to like be completely additive to, but like kind of blend in their team and not create like you know some insane Frankenstein team that has no business existing. So. <laughs> I know that is like when with a guy like a Giannis or, you know, people like, dude, so this, when you, when you and I traded for Giannis, um, I think that, okay, so the trade went through, everyone saw it. And the next time I checked my phone, which was like not very long after I had two offers for Giannis <clears throat> and then, you know, the league pulled the prank and sent me, Everyone sent me, like, a terrible one for him. But if you get rid of those, I've had, like, eight trade offers for Giannis. Of course. And I would, But, like, I've never had that. And, like, people didn't do that for LeBron, didn't do that for um, KD, didn't do that for other mm-hmm. players. But for Giannis, everyone it. wants it. Because, he's, because there's a fun aspect on top of what we all, like, you know, it's just, like, who you get to root for. Like, I'm not – like a big fan of KD, and but like I said, I'm I've tried to become like pretty emotionless and just go yeah. strictly by the numbers. Like I just do not let myself get too warm and fuzzy about a player because as soon as you do that, like you let your guard down. Like I did not want to trade Willie Cauley Stein. Like he's on a heater, but Kyle said he would trade Draymond for him, and I I thought, man, like if he gets me the difference of my win, that's the difference between being dead last and having like you know. A win, so I, let, you know, you let him go. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, the Giannis. Kyle, thing, like, Kyle's everyone, going. Everyone uh, Kyle's going kind of all in on on the Kings. Yeah, I mean, they're good. They got good. They got good players this year that are putting up numbers. I mean, they're they're a fun team right now. Um, but and I given, think um, uh, given Draymond's history, it's kind of funny that you traded him for a team on sack. Yeah, I, I know. I thought but, that pun like was I said, a little. Little fun. I probably, I mean, I probably, I seriously probably won't own Draymond in two weeks. Like, I'll have found a way to move him because I just out of necessity. So, I mean, dude, like for real, like I think my biggest thing I realized is like there's weeks you can afford to punt and like you know do a trade to help someone else in order to get like a better guy for like the rest of your season. I just simply can't do that for the rest of the year. I'm in full blown survival mode. So it's like. Right. All systems go on any trade offer at any time if it <laughs> benefits me like right. that day. I'm not I'm not looking at like playoff schedule. Like I drafted Gary Harris and Jamal Murray thinking about the Denver Nuggets playoff schedule, which is really, really sweet, but doesn't
doesn't matter to me anymore because I'm just got to worry about even like winning this week, this day, you know, let alone like some random game in mid March, which I might not even, might not even matter to me. So, right. Yeah. Well, so let's, uh, so another thing I wanted to ask you, so since the trade machine rebrand, uh, you know, really liked your, your few days of, Doing the grades, receipts, etc. Um, but since that time, you've you've made all these trades, turned things around. So, how are you feeling about your playoff chances? And what do you see as the play the season plays out? And I will also say that your host here has a, a vested interest in this because I'm you know I'm down there on the bottom too, um, looking at a schedule advantage against stacks. But it's like, you know, I I feel like Kyle Sean. Christian and Andy and Stacks. I, th- I feel like there's five spots that are like in. Three. I don't agree. I I really don't. I, I I like I do not think, and I'm not just saying this to be like a dick, but like I I don't think Kyle's a lock. I think Sean's team is good enough. I and I'm, I'm seriously not saying this because of this week. I mean, if, if LeBron and Turner come back and they're all good, then like. But I don't know. I think, like, Adam's team is, like, way too good to, like, not keep putting up. I mean, the standings are so close. Seriously. I mean, all it takes – I mean, and Kyle's lost three in a row right now. Like, he's on a three-game skid. And if that continues, you know, this and next week, you know, you're suddenly being you're looking at being eight and seven. There are plenty of other teams with – you know, Dan's team is really good. Adam's team is really good. Yeah. Like, Ian has, you know, we all know what Ian can do. So, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, like, ready to call it for anybody other than Christian, Dax, Andy, and I would say Sean, too, right now. I think, I think there's some spots at the, at the end of that that are, uh, could really change. So. Yeah. No disrespect to Kyle. All, like I said, all shit, like dropping the act in the thread. Kyle has just had an amazing, turnaround this year um there you yeah. go andy i'm saying something nice about somebody but like really he has and he's clearly like not only just like drafted better and has a solid team but he's clearly like something clicked he made that sort of like sophomore jump you know or whatever year it is junior year like whatever I think kind of the third year third year so yeah he's just kind of figured out like being a little more aggressive with his trades i mean he is like when i text him like not trading unless i get you know it's like hey you've taken a page out of the book of people who have kind of done things in the past that worked out. So, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It may, it, uh, I'd rather have the competition be like that in the league with more people than, than not. Um, and I think too, another reason I've been so like kind of chaotic this year is cause like I, I have enjoyed like, you know, the type of year I had last year. So it's like, you know, what do I got to lose? I want to see what happens when I just become like, Christian said, like, the full Captain Chaos approach and just, like, you know, <laughs> fuck everything up by doing insane trades all the time. Like, why not? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll draft better next year and take a more measured approach, but that's not in the cards for me right now. You know, I'm I'm getting inspired to do, to do more trades. It's fun, too. It really is fun. Like, it's super fun to look at your roster, and there's, like, a dude on there that wasn't on there yesterday. Not, like, PJ right. Tucker. Like some random ass dude you're going to drop the next day. Like, it's cool to be like, like, I hate playing Savonis because I just feel like he's that dude. You're like, ah, he won't be good. And then he just racks up like a 40 on you. So I was like glad to finally have him, you know, and it's just like, and it's fun to reset your lineup and just kind of, 
you know, have someone new to follow. And I always follow all the beat reporters for teams too that I have guys on. So I follow like Nuggets beat reporters and Pacers beat reporters and like on Twitter. And then when I don't have one of their dudes anymore long term, I usually unfollow them. But like that's how I find out about like really nuanced <laughs> like you know practice updates and like all that kind of stuff. And I think that it's just fun to like track all that stuff. Yeah, that's a good point and a and a good tip. Um, I think Stack said that, uh, you know, I, he said that about picking up Sadoransky when Wall went down, and then he's kept him at starting in, and, you know, that's been kind of a fun yeah. one. And that's, yeah, he's going to, I'd be surprised if he gets held on to this week just because they have one game, and he's, yeah, I don't think Stacks can, well, Stacks can afford to take a loss. Like, his team's going to be just fine, but, like, Certainly, if he wants to win this week, it's going to be tough to have Beal and Sadoransky only having one game apiece. That's a yeah. lot of that. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's he, tough. he definitely should do that. Should keep them both though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you definitely. do. You know, one thing that's been interesting. I know you didn't ask me, but while we're just talking here, I'm looking at Hassan being on his team with the day-to-day tag. I really, I have my IR spot open, and I really have wanted to add a guy but I can't bring myself to like use one of my waiver moves for it. So that's actually been a okay. really interesting kind of like uh, additional thing I would say about IR is that being able to use IR is a luxury. If you don't like in a sense, like it, of course it is, you know, no matter which way you slice it, but if you don't have someone who's hurt and your team's healthy, like that's great. But like if I had, you know, if I was just, I guess I would use it if I was just like dominating my week going into Sunday and I had a, you know, and I just, there was a guy sitting there. Like, I'd love to throw Goran Dragic on IR right now. But, like, I can't afford to use one of my moves for him. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of like a, who knows, like, what the actual impact of this. But I think it's interesting. So, that again, is, yeah, that I don't know why I'm talking about it. But, yeah. Um, and I seen, you know, I'm just looking at the old waivers now. I see that your boy, uh, Harry B is back up there. Who is? Good old Barnes is back on back on the waivers. And oh, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at Tim yeah. Hardaway Jr. What do you What do you think of him being on waivers? About it? I mean, hey, what I, do you think about pickup? Well, I mean, I'm pretty surprised. I'm sure he just became a real pain in the ass for JB to own. Like, there's certain players who are like, I'm just kind of done, and he can't afford the out. But right now, he probably needs to win this week, and he's got Robert Covington on his bench, which I would rather keep Covington than Hardaway. But I don't know. I probably would have. I probably would have entertained dealing for Hardaway. I think like when he's healthy, he's out there. You're you're good for a minimum like you know twenty five thirty, and he's got a nice ceiling too. So I'm surprised he dropped him, but you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. So I'm surprised True. at Brandon. Ing- I'm surprised at Brandon Ingram being on waivers right now. I'm surprised that. I don't know. There's been a few guys where I'm like, damn, like I can't believe, like the bonus. Like it'd be amazing if you added Ingram right now, by the way, just because I said that. Um, but the bonus, well, having I, been on waiver at one point, Ingram for quite a while this year, and he's yeah. he's very frustrating because he's like, yeah, right now with LeBron being out, he you know he has some good games, but then he also has like 11. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> he's, yeah. but I might add him. We'll see. Yeah. I do like. <laughs> it's it's think, interesting. Like some people just like are kind of like retire certain guys and like I'm never touching him again. Like I just don't want to be. I don't want him on my team. I don't care how good. Like I got like that with Miles Turner this year. I drafted him and he was so disappointing. And then I dropped him 
And then I think Stacks, I don't know who picked him up, but he was just like killer all of a sudden. It's like a switch flip, you know, um, you know, for him, and he just got really good. But it's like, what are you going to do? I'm not, you know, I, I don't feel like I could have justified keeping him. So, um, but yeah, it's funny. We all have those. We all have those dudes who, <laughs> you know, right. love him or hate him. You just can't bear like adding them back to your. Yep, they team. they burn you yeah. once. So yep. I yep. had one uh, one final thing I wanted to just see if you're following. Are you following much of the um, NBA trade rumors? Oh yeah, always. So what are you thinking? Um, as far as that goes, like, what are you either thinking? Do you got any predictions of like uh, something we'll see before the deadline? Um, man, I don't know. Like, I mean, I obviously am like interested in like what the Bulls do, but I don't. I don't know. I I guess um like you know Robin Lopez like I don't know he doesn't really get time. He's probably still got some some left in the tank and probably doesn't want to be playing there anymore, but. They're not getting rid of him anytime soon. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the, suddenly with the Capella news, that could be interesting because they're going to have to make some kind of trade for that. Oh, totally. Um, I'm very curious about uh, Anthony Davis. I don't think he's going anywhere, but I mean, just like entertaining the idea that he could be <laughs> traded is like insane. Right. They said it on the Bill Simmons podcast. I think uh, he said, was it him or Zach Lowe said they, he thinks that it would him being traded would be the single biggest trade since Kareem. And it's like just not a straight up trade, like not a sign and trade or any, like what happened with Shaq. Like it would just, he's such an impactful player that it would like reshape the league based on like where he goes. So, um, right. so and the Pistons, think, I mean, do I don't think there's any chance. Pistons, but, uh. You think there's any chance AD does actually get traded? I don't, I don't think so this season, but I don't know. I don't also know all the details. Like I don't know all the contract details without like looking them up. So I can't talk about it as probably eloquently as maybe like JB and Christian probably could. Um, or like when you listen to these podcasts and like these guys talk about it, like it's their own <laughs> situation. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? But, um, right. I would, I just, like, well, I think just, I would be surprised. That they, I mean, yeah. They were saying that like the, it'd be a lot smarter for the Pelicans to wait. Because they, yeah, um, Boston can't make like a can't really make an offer until the summer. So even just mm-hmm. to push it up for like what the Lakers would have to give, because mm-hmm. it seems like, I mean, it seems like AD is not going to resign. Otherwise, why mm-hmm. would you just say, yeah, I'm going to resign and take the supermax? Yeah. Um, but then it'll be kind of like Boston or LA probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Uh, I think that LeBron's going to attract some superstar, and certainly that would be the, the generational talent that he needs to have success there because he is not winning a championship with this team <laughs> this year. It is not happening. So it's so one of the most interesting be. things I've read on. One of the most interesting things I've read about the Lakers was on. Uh, it was I think it was on the Lakers like Reddit subreddit, um, and they were just talking about how like just they, someone put really put into perspective how how. Um, they really stunted the development of their young players and like, you know, what they did to move D'Angelo Russell and like, you know, obviously of course you bring LeBron and if you can bring LeBron in, but like the growth hasn't been there the way it should have been for their young guys like Ingram and Kuzma and like a lot of these guys are just like not 
coming along at the pace that they probably should because they're spending so much of their energy on like LeBron and then like future grabs. And I just, yeah, I tend to agree with that. So um, they're going to have to make a push for another superstar and then pair him up with right. all these other. I mean, Lonzo's good, but he's not like probably coming along like he would be if he was like, you know, playing, you know, such a huge role consistently. You know, you got Rondo in there, you know, when he comes back. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if enough about this stuff to. Yeah, no, I talk think about like, it. that's kind of one of those that it's like you can use the record to justify either way. Because I've watched a lot of the Lakers games this year, and like I think Ingram didn't do himself any favors by getting suspended, and then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So he kind of stunted his own development there. But Lonzo, mm-hmm. Kuzma, and Hart, when they're in there with LeBron, I mean, th- that's got to up their game so much. I mean, they're playing with the best player in the NBA, getting to learn with him, walk through the process with him, and all these other champs. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that some of that is, like, a slightly overrated but still – or overblown yeah. but still interesting. Hey, I just realized – I hope this is your entire podcast because we've been talking for half an hour. Sweet. <laughs> Great. <laughs> there you it. go. There's the episode. Enjoy listening to Tom and Chuck talk uh, about basketball, yeah. random basketball stuff for this long. So I'm actually gonna have to jump in a second. Any 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 last minute uh, questions for your for your boy? No, no. I think that's it. Um, yeah, I really appreciate your time. And uh, of course, of course. Yeah, man. Good, I'll only say it on here. I'll only say it on here because I will not say it on the thread. I won't put it in writing, but Kyle, admirable uh, turnaround you're having despite you're in a bit of a streak right, losing streak right now, and we're playing each other, and I should be doing nothing but shit talking. I do admire your uh, your big come up. The glow up is real on the, on the Kyle front, and it's nice to have another uh, another baller in the league. And uh, that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. That's my that's my piece. Wow. So, yeah. dude, great way to sign off, man. I will, yeah. uh, 2019, we're out here with these good vibes. NBA, it's no balls association. NBA, yeah, we got the power ranking. NBA, it's GR Fantasy B-Ball. NBA, we on top, this ain't no seesaw. NBA, it's no balls association. NBA, yeah, we got the power ranking. NBA, it's GR Fantasy B-Ball. NBA, we on top, this ain't no seesaw. NBA, it's no balls association. NBA, yeah, we got the power ranking. NBA, it's GR Fantasy B-Ball. NBA, we on top, this ain't no seesaw. NBA, it's no balls association. NBA, yeah, we got the power ranking. NBA, it's GR Fantasy B-Ball. NBA, we on top, this ain't no seesaw.